actually, I, I'm just now drinking coffee. My uh, my voice is a little bit rough from from having to hawk hoot and waddle all day yesterday. Yeah, um, which was a lot of fun. It was it was a it was a a fun experience. I'm you know having to pull my salesman out, <laughs> which I have have spent the last you know years since getting out of retail. Uh, trying to to forget and get rid of, um, but on those occasions it was a good warm up for AWP because that's going to be a even more days and even more people too, um, and yeah. So I don't. Well, at least I I used to sell cars when like I was more aimless than I am now, mm-hmm. and it was very brief, like three months, because you can't get behind. Unless you're really behind the product, yeah, you don't, or you're passionate about the product. You, um, it's hard for me. It's hard to sell anything. Yes, and whereas, like, I was selling Hondas, and I mean, I like Hondas. They're a fine car, but I'm mm-hmm. also from Detroit, so yeah. So how was? I mean, you were you were shilling for the. Uh, I was shilling for the Japanese. Yeah. So leaving my. My boys in Detroit, like <laughs> Detroit, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> um, that's how the locals put it. <laughs> Which locals? <laughs> the local Detroiters. Okay, because it's because it's 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 French. Yes, Oy. or as to put it in um, bar off dead terms, French. Where <laughs> <laughs> I want my two dollars. <laughs> We had some French bread mm. and some French fries. <laughs> <laughs> Oy, so how have you been, man? Uh, I've been all right. Been all right. Been all right. How about you? All right. Uh, also, all right. <laughs> I uh, I was listening back to our last episode um, to post for for this week, and we got we got deep. We did. I'm. I was just thinking. I I had a huge 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 panic attack on thursday yeah and and so you thought about our show and our conversation and it calmed you right down no (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to sell the healing power of what the fork (laughs) (laughs) well truth be told while i was listening to you interview nels climb out of limited engagement oh really well so no i think that's when it's not related (laughs) not related at all limited engagement is not responsible for anybody's panic attacks Nah, (laughs) nah, and it was um it's been the first i had in a long time and which was supposed to be like last week was supposed to be my chill week because mm-hmm. I had just done like three straight weeks of like assignment after assignment after assignment, and I know it snuck up on me. And it was because Nels and I became best friends on that podcast. I think it him. is. I think I think it's because <laughs> you became best friends with him, and I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. If if we hang out, I'll invite you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And he'll proceed to tell me what a she article I wrote. <laughs> I don't think so. I, Nels was a lovely guy. He is. He was. He was really super nice. Um, no, I, I was. But that was a very lovely, lovely conversation. I oh, did thank especially you. like you two talking about vinyl because I agree with him. Uh, I've agreed with him for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's just fine to see how he 
approaches it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I thought it was, and particularly of note was his um, commitment to making his, what he puts out into the world, carbon neutral. Mm-hmm. If possible, purchase carbon credits to offset the uh, environmental impact. I was thinking about something today, too, serve on a related note to your conversation. Do you want me to start buying carbon carbon credits to offset our, our, our carbon footprint on what the fork? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How okay. would you do that? I, I don't know. Somebody would laugh. No. Um, <laughs> I'm so, sure we use electricity. I'm sure there's some carbon footprint. So um, I was having a conversation about Fleetwood Mac. Um, oh, yes. This morning, actually. And um, Was it related to the unfortunate um, health problems of Lindsay Buckingham? Unfortunately. Well, no, it wasn't. Um, so I was finishing up an article on Record Store Day, and one of the... Is it, is it in April? It's in April. Okay. Um, and I was trying to include rare finds. And um, I hate to call out my wife, but she didn't know that Fleetwood Mac existed before Buckingham and Nick's. Oh, really? The Peter mm-hmm. Green years were not, not on her radar? To be fair, I mean, there's a large, yeah. large swath of the population for with, with them for Fleetwood mm-hmm. Mac begins with rumors. Exactly. And not that that's not a great album, but... Mm-hmm. Right, like even before the self-titled seventy-five. Right, right, right. So, is I that was the one that has Rhiannon on it? I think so. I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, so and I knew we talked. I briefly mentioned Peter Green, how he went nuts. Yes, um, he did. And I remembered how Buckingham has covered oh well mm-hmm. in concert. I was thinking. If Neil does it on the tour, mm-hmm. I think he I think he did for the opening night. I think that's correct. Yeah, and I wonder how how that went down. How that went down. Obviously, I assume Mike Campbell handles the guitar. I would imagine yes, because I don't see Neil Finn. Neil Finn's quite a great musician, but he's not the proficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's. Uh, I mean, and I've seen him play a great solo before. Mm-hmm. So again, Neil Finn, please come on the show. Any show. I don't care what show you want to be on. Beyond the the storytelling show that we produce. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um anyway, he's he's he is a great musician. He's he's quite, you know, adept and and he can play pretty much any instrument that he touches, mm-hmm. you know. But uh he is not in the league of of guitarists such as Buckingham or Campbell. Mm-hmm. And I would but then um so I played oh well for Kristen and she really liked it. I'm like, oh yeah, it, it's really good. But then I was thinking, God, Mike Campbell has to play this. If, yeah. If they're doing it. And mm-hmm. I think they are. And I know they did opening night. It just was like, I guess that is insane. But then I was thinking how you and Nels were talking about impossible Germany. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just, it's some part of you think. And I'm like, to who you? <laughs> I, I was also thinking that at the time. And he said he was going to show me how to play it, but he did not. Um, <laughs> Maybe when we're hanging out one time, he'll show me how to play it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I have seen Glenn Tilbrook play Oh Well live solo acoustic. No shit, really? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. that'd be amazing. He so he get and he plays he plays a solo on acoustic guitar as well. Mm-hmm. But he he doesn't do like the second half of it basically. So mm-hmm. he does the first part where uh, before it goes into the more psychedelic, uh, trippy kind of thing. Uh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, 
Yeah, but he does. He does. He, I, oh, oh man, we're not going to turn this into a squeeze podcast or music <laughs> podcast, rather. But uh, in general, if you see. You're just practicing for the book you're eventually going to write. I, I yeah, I, I'm serious about writing that book. That was you a should. great idea. I'm like, why aren't I writing a book like that? Of You know, that'll put me out of my writer's block, just writing down experiences that I've had in relation to their music. I'll tell you what, like, after. We- I left. Mm-hmm. Like I took a bunch of notes because mm-hmm. it's my new thing now. I I bought field notes, notebooks. Yeah. Even though I have a crap ton of, <laughs> um, I have a crap ton of moleskins at yeah. home. But I bought some field notes and I put them in a level, uh, like a leather type binder, or you can keep them. And mm-hmm. I try to take notes of like everything, like that I about everything that either any idea that pops in my head because mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to carry them. Like at work, then our around town that is. Oh yeah, because you just throw it in your pocket or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't do that with a moleskin, but it just you need bigger easy. pockets. Exactly. And I wrote down. Someone had asked the question at. Um, I'm going to screw up the name, so help me out. The author who we went to see on Friday. Honey, I'm not going to be able to pronounce okay. their last name correctly. No. And someone. Tali Quilab. Does that sound right? It sounds right. Honey of Tali Quilab. Yeah. I think that's correct. Uh, again, please, sir, we apologize. <laughs> Come on the show. <laughs> and I bet he likes The Good Place. I, I bet he does, too. I was going to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> that was my two questions. Do you like The Good Place? Mm-hmm. Or do you like podcasts? And now you could have handed him a flyer. If only we could. And then I was like, <laughs> do you like, bo-? if he say if you like both, I was going to say, have I got the podcast for you? <laughs> <laughs> See, you you keep this sort of thing in mind about pimping our podcast, and I'm just like, da, 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 da. <laughs> and that's why we have the listenership we do. Probably, I'll get oh. better at it someday. Once I get a social media intern, mm. we'll we'll take off. <laughs> oh. But someone had taught, asked him about religion mm-hmm. and music and religion because he grew up Muslim and. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking because religion is the reason why I'm always playing catch up with music. Sure. And pretty much pop culture in general. That, that would be a nice question to answer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, for me, you know, how the two intersect a little bit for me. So I'm kind of toying with the idea of maybe just like some essays or something and mm-hmm. that no one will read or. <laughs> yeah. Because I think it would be. It'd be good. I think it'd be good. I I concur. So, I I concur. Now, um, what was I going to say? I don't recall what I was going to say now. That's that's where my brain is at. Why did I hit that? No, I need to change the. You're not feeling like Sunday morning, are you? <laughs> <laughs> More like Sunday morning coming down, <laughs> which completely uh, different style of uh of of song ladies and gentlemen jared duran is and i are recording that sunday morning. morning coming down yeah and i gotta tell you he's not he's not, i am he's not firing on all cylinders this morning i have uh i'm still i'm still drinking my first cup of coffee uh i like i said my voice is a little shot from from shilling yesterday and uh uh oh but i was gonna mention that if we have the opportunity to see Glenn Tilbrook solo, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm you got to go for. with me. Yeah. Yes. Because he, now he does a couple of iterations. Now, previously when I had seen him, 
uh, and I, I apologize for popping my pe- my peas, folks. But uh, previously, when I had seen him, he had um, he would just be playing with acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. You'd see like, he would do a cover of uh, Voodoo Child's Slight Return, and nice. just fucking kill it and oh yeah he's i was listening to a uh different and tilbrook acoustic gig at mccabe's guitar shop from 1989 mm-hmm. and uh like he was talking about at that point like they had not played much acoustic and uh they were just they were adept at strumming but don't expect any solos and whatnot cut to like 10 years later and he's just shredding on an acoustic <laughs> and, like this is fucking incredible uh but he has since done a couple of things where he'll bring another couple of, a couple of musicians with him, and then at that point the the gig gets a little less spontaneous. Um, but he can do this like whole human jukebox thing, basically, where he can play. He'll just play requests and play whatever covers he feels like doing, and it's it's a little nuts. He he's um, you know I think that um, he and Neil Finn are probably my favorite musicians as far as uh uh melody goes as far as uh, actual uh, composing goes mm-hmm. and uh I, I think that they pull a little bit from from similar uh musical backgrounds and mm-hmm. you can hear similar influences through them and i i their voices end up being a little bit similar as well and i think that you know where you, neil finn is the stronger lyricist and maybe not as uh, virtuosic on a particular instrument. I think that uh, Tilbrook there makes up for that being virtuosic on mm-hmm. an instrument, but not ex- exactly adept lyrically. It sounds like, from what you described, I remember the first time I saw Elvis Costello. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking it was just his human jukebox because he went from country to Smokey Robinson. Oh, yeah. To, like, and that, he's done that... A couple other times I've seen him too. I've seen him, you know, three times now I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and each time he's just like, just kind of can segue into anything. I love his like the choices that he makes as far as going into like he'll go from uh, watching the detectives into My Funny Valentine mm-hmm. or Allison into Suspicious Minds and. Yeah, he just and and then also circle back around to the original tune, mm-hmm. and he's these these guys that just can you know. And I've seen, um, uh, Crowded House do uh, I think um, go from I forget which tune it is. It might be. It's usually one where Neil will be playing it on piano and segue into uh, like hit the road jack and then go back into. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um. So, but that is not the good place. No, that's well. I mean, listening to them it's is a, the good. Place. It's a good place. Yes. It's not the good place. No. <laughs> so. Welcome to what the fork, guys. Yeah. Hey, what's up, yo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to. Do we ever? introduce the episode that we're going to be talking about i don't think we we do we just go into the episode for the most part pretty much i mean we are talking about the trolley problem today we are we are talking about the trolley problem and what a problem it is oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) um now let's get the business out of the way before people forget about 
about going and doing it. In fact, you know, when you get bored with us for a moment, maybe actually I take that back. You could never be bored with us. And even if you were, that would not be the good time to go and rate us on iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) Please, while you're enjoying us, pause the podcast and leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Why can't they give them two and a half? Why does it have to be two or three? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please give us five. Please. (laughs) But yes, uh, ratings and reviews just help us immensely. I was going to check real quick and see, do we have anything new? Vamp for me while we I have go a ahead. New, and... We have a new Instagram page. We do. That's true. Please discuss yes. this. I, I've been active I much sooner than I ever thought I would be. <laughs> and um, I posted a funny picture relating to this episode yesterday. Um revolving my son's toy train i saw that that was pretty pretty funny i applauded that it was originally gonna be his little people um but um one was a woman and one was a black airline pilot and my wife said no (laughs) (laughs) that's that's not what you want to do cut this out jared (laughs) (laughs) cut what out i'm not even listening (laughs) cut this part out (laughs) um but um yeah i there was like this should this will be a fun one um so and you can see what we're doing here on the instas and um i did think of i also thought of our new podcast when this show inevitably ends i saw that too yes now (laughs) i want to discuss that briefly and we can come back to that during one of our other tangents um (laughs) but i we do have currently enough ratings to have an average of five stars on apple podcasts so thank you fork buddies for getting us there now uh if if you take a moment and just write a sentence or two uh as to why you like us and we'll give you a shout out on the show yeah. we'll regularly check in with uh with with the itunes and the whatnot uh and pull up and see what people have said about us and read it on the air uh crediting the writer with their their itunes handle or whatever it is called um oh i almost started russian doll instead of the good place have you been watching that? Uh, yeah, I watched the first four episodes. I love it. I think it's great. So, uh, it's reminding me a lot of a dark uh, Groundhog Day, I have which not is already dark, the only thing great. I know about. The two things people mention are Groundhog Day and Harry Nielsen. Oh yeah. So okay. I feel like I have obligation as a Harry Nielsen fan. I, I have to watch this show, just because, and I will eventually. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I do recommend it. Yeah, um, I do like Natasha Leone. Yeah, she's great. She is great. So let us get into the good place. And we're at what the fork pod on everything. That's the other thing I was going to mention. And Jared is at limited engagement. LTD underscore engagement on Twitter. Yep. And I'm at Jason E. Kyle on the Twitters. And yeah, hit us up guys. Tag us and whatnot. We enjoy it. Yeah. Because we have low self-esteem levels. So when somebody recognizes us, we're like, hey, people like us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> people listen to the show. <laughs> I'm not saying that our, our self-esteem and our sense of self-worth depends on you guys, but I am. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Getting into episode five, The Trolley Problem, chapter 19. Right? Yes. This is an exciting day. We are going to tackle the trolley problem. Is this a game? I go first. I call blue. There's no... no, This isn't... 
No, this is a thought experiment first introduced by British philosopher Philippa Foote in 1967. You are driving a trolley when the brakes fail, and on the track ahead of you, <laughs> the name of the trolley is the Atlas Express. <laughs> now, you can steer to another track, but on that track is one person you would kill instead of the five. What do you do? Do we know anything about the people? Like, is one of them an ex-boyfriend, or that snooty girl from Rite Aid who was always silently judging my purchases? It's like, yeah, chicky, a baby Ruth and birth control. I see the irony. Keep a swipe. And you don't know <laughs> any of the workers. Okay, well then that's easy. I switch tracks. Kill one person instead of five. But this is hard because the only trolley I've ever been on is James Franco's ironic trolley. It travels backwards from his penguin grotto to his garage of adult tricycles. <laughs> <laughs> Good, but there's a lot of other versions of this. Like, what if you knew one of the people? Does that change the equation? Or what if you're not the driver, you're just a bystander? Or let's throw the trolley out altogether. Let's say you're a doctor and you can save five patients, but you have to kill one healthy person and use his organs to do it. But that's not the same thing. Why not? It's still choosing to kill one person to save five, isn't it? Michael, you've been kind of quiet. What do you think about all this? Well, obviously the dilemma is clear. How do you kill all six people? <laughs> so I would dangle a sharp blade out the window to slice the neck of the guy on the other track as we our five main guys. Oh, I did the thing again, didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> 10 more, buddy. People good. People good. Why is that so hard to remember? People... What is it? Good? Good. <laughs> okay. Now, <laughs> um, so a number of things there. I want to first remark on Michael's drawing, which yes. does he have a special demon pen because he was able to not only draw in, in, in uh, you know, outline, ink outlines in black, mm -hmm. but he was also able to color the blood red. Yes. Um, and he only had the one writing implement. So. Well, I mean, as we'll see, like, the man is capable of anything. Correct. Yes. So, because I'm like, Chidi's diorama of the trolley problem in general seemed pretty elaborate for just a simple, like, thought experiment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, but it's a good place. You can get any, Janet can bring anything you want. <laughs> um, and also now, like, wait, and then the guy who like the sixth guy who dies on the other track. <laughs> yes, yeah, I love it. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I would dangle a sharp object at this. Yeah. Good job, you guys all. <laughs> <laughs> um, now also we did some very deep, deep, deep research on <clears throat> Wikipedia about <laughs> yeah, <we're over> <laughs> <laughs> about the trolley problem. And I would just like to point out, Cheaty, that while it was first introduced by Philippa Foote in 1967, the modern form of the trolley problem was also extensively analyzed by Judith Thompson, Francis Cam, and Peter Unger. But, um, however, an earlier version in which the one person to be sacrificed on the track was the switchman's child was part of a moral questionnaire given to undergraduates at the University of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Wisconsin in 1905, and the German legal scholar Hans Welzel discussed a similar problem in 1951, in addition to a similar problem involving whether it is ethical to deflect a projectile from a larger crowd toward a smaller one, was discussed by Avraham Ishaya 
Karolitz in his commentary on the Talmud. Oh, see, I could, I could have Jewed it up. Damn it. Sorry, I am a Jew. I have to preface that. <laughs> You're allowed. I'm allowed. I'm like, I'm like when the guy on uh, the when the dentist converts on Seinfeld <laughs> for the joke. But I was born that way. Yeah. Um, Avroham Yashihai Yashaya Karolitz. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm also a bad Jew. Just so the you know you know. Uh, commentary on the Talmud, written and published well before his death in 1953. So cheaty, just saying. But Before you, 1967. <laughs> but you know, Jared, yes. there's a lot about Philippa Foot that I see that I see that Chidi finds so attractive. Oh, as yes. I wrote down here, as why well, I too scan <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> deep, deep research. Deep research. So volumes uh, read on you know in the span of a week, stacks of books read through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much ten minutes. Um 10 minutes as I put the Netflix on pause, mm-hmm. waiting for Kristen to put her baby to You're bed. shattering the illusion, <laughs> sir. You're shattering the illusion. Mm-hmm. I, I just, people people look to everyone. us for our deep scholarly work mm-hmm. in relation to the good place. But you know, here's what you know what she finds so attractive about Philippa Foot? Please. Please. Um, she um, pri- um, researched virtue ethics, which was inspired by Aristotle, which we have covered many times before. Is Yes. He's cheese homie. Yes. Um, so he was just modernizing. She helped modernize some of his theories. Fun fact about Philippa Foote, mm-hmm. the granddaughter of President Grover Cleveland. No kidding. Mm-hmm. One of the largest presidents of all time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I... When that man sat around the White House, he, he really sat, sat around, around the, the White, White House. House. <laughs> Heyo! <laughs> Zing! Um, There's some presidential humor for you. Um, she was also an atheist mm. and Iris Murdoch's flatmate. No kidding. <laughs> mm-hmm. She wrote a series of works asking the question, why be moral? Oh. Um, which, and was she for morality or against, you know, or not like playing devil's advocate as hum- or morality is a strictly human construct to justify things? At this point, Kristen had walked into the room. And you stopped doing your I research. I stopped doing my research. <laughs> so, um, but if I anybody thought, knows more about Philippa Foote. Yeah, please feel free to tweet us. But I think what was interesting about that question is that that's what Eleanor was asking in the first season. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of what Michael is now asking himself in the second season. Yes. You know, like, why be moral? Well, yes. There are reasons for that. Um, and I think Eleanor answered the problem for herself as we, you know, in the first season. And now they're trying to teach Michael why is it important to be moral. Now, as we're doing this, I would like to journey over to YouTube where I hope to uh, find something very quickly. So if you would. Please be so kind as to did you know buy Mo- some time. Well, did you know Mormons also have a version of the trolley problem? No, I did not know Let that. Let me tell you more. So, does it involve Pepsi? No, it does not. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. That was that was incredibly reductive, and I apologize. No, um, in the in the Book of Mormon, there is a situation where one of the first prophets that they discuss in the book, his name is Nephi, um, tries to get. Um, a series of uh, a collection of plates that has the history of his people, and they're held by an evil man named Laban. 
Um, so the first attempt to get the plates fails. Mm-hmm. Nephi and his brothers the decide they're going to give up um, because Laban is far too powerful. But then later that night, Laban gets drunk mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, Nephi is able to grip the plates. And but then God tells him to kill Laban, um, and he says, "Like, but the first commandment." Or the big commandment, thou shalt not kill. We're not supposed to do this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And he says, better than one person die, than a whole nation dwindle in unbelief. Well, Spock discussed this in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Right. Which is, I'm sure, quoting from somebody else. But I remember it and attribute it to Spock. So, <laughs> so it's um, like, do we say, that's why I feel like this version of the tripom is, is it the like do you save few do you save money and that's why there's all these variations on it correct too. like yeah like do you well, know the how, guy? <laughs> yeah well and does that make a difference i mean do you you have that choice even if you know the person even if they are your child let's say as mm-hmm. one of the variants on the 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 test uh the question uh mentions mm-hmm. do i mean do you have the obligation to still sacrifice the one to Mm-hmm. to spare the many. Now, um, I want to take a brief digression into a scene from Love and Death, which this discussion <laughs> reminded me of. Sonia, what if there is no God? Boris Dmitrievich, are you joking? What if we're just a bunch of absurd people who are running around with no rhyme or reason? But if there is no God, then life has no meaning. Why go on living? Why not just commit suicide? Well, let's not get hysterical. I could be wrong. I need to pull my brains out and then read in the papers they found something. Boris, let me show you how absurd your position is. All right, let's say that there is no God and each man is free to do exactly as he chooses. Well, well, what prevents you from murdering somebody? Well, murder's immoral. Immorality is subjective. Yes, but subjectivity is objective. Not in any rational scheme of perception. Perception is irrational and implies imminence. But judgment of any system or a priori relation of phenomena exists in any rational or metaphysical or at least epistemological contradiction to an abstract and empirical concept such as being or to be or to occur in the thing itself or of the thing itself. Yeah, I've said that many times. (laughs) Boris, we, we must believe in God. If I could just see a miracle... Just, just one miracle. If, if I could see a burning bush, or, or the seas part, or, or my uncle Sasha pick up a check. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so sorry to uh, apologies. I should have, I should have said something about uh, inflicting Woody Allen on people, but um, I, I find that that I've never seen that. movie. Have you never seen that? movie? I've never seen that movie. But the way that um, the logic the logicals roll off Diane Keene's yes, tongue. It's is, fantastic. It's amazing. She is so, so good in that film. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there that that thing repeats later. Uh, mm-hmm. It happens a couple of times. There's some motifs throughout that film. I think that's one of his best films per- personally. Okay. Um, and it is it is basically a you know and it lends itself to later pictures like um, like Crimes and Misdemeanors mm-hmm. where it's you know that one more seriously, but this was essentially a philosophical discourse disguised as comedy. Yes. <laughs> and I, this is what, in, to me, The Good Place does. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, The Good Place, I think, does it uh, a little more, on occasion, 
less in your face, more a little more subtle, a little more, uh, and and does it consistently, obviously. But um, you know, the idea of again morality for people who don't believe in uh, in other, you know, you have to subscribe to morality mm-hmm. if you are not a a theological person like if you're not believing in a code of some sort usually religion based um then morality is left to the subjectivity of the of the beholder right right (laughs) um in michael's case he sees nothing wrong with killing all six people no you know to him for his his moral compass is you know turned 180 degrees the other way but Mm. Uh, it's, and I think that, 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 you know, him having to repeat, um, people equal good, um, mm-hmm. over and over on the, the blackboard. I, I think that that's, you know, it's like teaching murder is wrong to Charles Manson. Sure. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's not gonna, yeah, it's not gonna sink in until Michael decides that he likes people, mm-hmm. that they're all right. Yeah. Um, and I think that Michael actually has, as, as we learned in the first season during the, uh, the episode where, where Michael has his, uh, hoodie moment, um, <laughs> you know, he really likes people and he likes, uh, you know, his paper clips and he has his like, and I wonder how much of that in hindsight is an affectation, uh, that he, uh, took on for the character of Michael, uh, you know, Michael the demon for Michael the good place architect, mm-hmm. uh, because we're getting meta here, right? right. Uh, it's Ted Danson's choice as Michael the demon to portray the character of Michael the architect. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, he, he seems to have a soft spot for people, and I think that that uh, you know, as we continue to watch, it'll be interesting to see what the arc of Michael is, right? Because it seems like designing something like the good place, the fake good place as a way to torture people mm-hmm. has its own, uh, I don't know, smackings of, uh, of humanity in it because uh, while it is psychological torture that he plans, mm-hmm. it is not the sort of overt and in your face awful torturings that the bad place has done for mm. millennia. And, and the fact that he, I was thinking about this too, like the fact that he, Jason is the one he closely bonds with the most, mm-hmm. even though he's there pretty much just there to torture the other three. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's parts of Jason that he likes there. Like he respects, he's like, they have that heart to heart, like at the end of, was it the last episode or the episode before? Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah, it's there's parts he likes about human culture that he wants to explore, and like they're fascinating, like taking something that's really good and then making it bad and just enough bad, right? Like yogurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, taking something good and 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 uh, what making it a little less good so that you can enjoy more of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that. That seems to be his philosophy of torture as well, right? Yep. Making torture a little less torturous so you can do more of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyone can just take your molecules and put them on the uh, sun. Exactly, and, yeah. Scoop out uh, your essence and whatnot. Yeah, but um, we're going to make it, you know, yeah. a little worse. Yeah, pit people against each other, make them torture themselves. Yeah. All oh. right. 
But I, I think you had a couple other points about the opening. Here. Well, the big opening is that he's on the chalkboard right. and um, he writes "people equal good" um, to like teach him the lesson, which is clearly a Bart Simpson. It's a thing great Simpson nod, yeah, for and, sure. And as much as I've been just kind of nodding, going, "Oh yeah, yeah, Jared," <laughs> that totally matches like the whole Simpsons thing that you. <laughs> Are you humoring me, sir? Because I am correct. <laughs> Well, this is the episode where I learned that you are. <laughs> it's pretty clear. The thing is that any, any, I think, and, you know, feel free to disagree. I think that any modern sitcom that, uh, that deals with, um, deals with real world problems, uh, real human interaction problems in a, in, in the realm of a situation comedy is uh, probably drew from The Simpsons. They mm-hmm. probably grew up watching The Simpsons at some point. The big, the big one for me is another Michael Shore comedy is Parks and Rec. It yes, steal it lives heavily from The Simpsons. Pawnee sure. is yes. Springfield. Yes, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's all these little characters like the garbage man and the yeah. people who show up and these little th- and these little ow, <laughs> your cat bit me. Oh, <laughs> Susu. <laughs> um. Oh, um, where that is clearly lifted from The Simpsons. And as I've been watching more and more and having you explain, and I, I do more than just not, I think about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> um, fine. <laughs> and, um, and I see that um, he is like, sure is one of those guys. He's probably like lived with The Simpsons most of his life, but yeah. something he aspired to do mm-hmm. and instead of writing for The Simpsons. Um, he decided he created he would, his own world. He created his own world. Yeah, um, and he has like this huge world, like goes beyond like good places connected to Parks and Rec, and yeah, oh yes, um, agreed. Yeah, but and but there's a lot, of, there's a lot of things that they steal from in this episode that we can just continue we'll to call them out as we go. You can call them out as we go. All right, and back into. Uh, what is it? Good? Good. <laughs> so I I didn't I wrote something else down here too. Okay. We have an hour before we have I to pretend to be tortured time. by There we um, go. So thinking so does would Michael being the the guy who writes on the chalkboard mm-hmm. would that make him the Bart? Uh I yeah. I mean I guess I could see So let's think about this for a second. Um I feel like Eleanor would be Homer. Uh, Eleanor is Homer. Chidi is Marge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chidi is Marge. Now, so okay, so Jason is Ralph. Yes. <laughs> Jason is clearly Ralph. Jason is Ralph. Tahani would be Sherry or Terry, I think. The little mm-hmm. purple-haired girls, the twins. Yes. Um, see, okay, so I, I see what you're saying about Eleanor being Homer. Where is she? But I might think of her as Lisa. But the only reason why I don't think of her as Lisa is because while Lisa is the... Lisa is the moral center of that show. She, yes, she but she's is. inherently, she's inherent. 
she's already been this art loving earth. Veggie. It's almost like Eleanor is the combination of Homer and Lisa mm-hmm. because Homer is. Hmm. But whereas like Homer slowly learns through Lisa that. Well, which would then put Michael as Homer and Eleanor as Lisa. No, there we go. Because they're sort of, I mean, as, and the reason that, see, I don't see Chidi as Lisa because, although really, I guess he kind of would be. Mm -hmm. I think that Chidi would probably be the Lisa. Now, so in that scenario, there is no Marge. There is a, um, so they're not the core family, which is interesting. Yeah. So because you would have, um, you've got Chidi is essentially Lisa. You've got uh, Eleanor and and Michael who are essentially sharing elements of Homer and Bart, mm-hmm. um, because Bart also sort of learns along the way. Yeah. Um, Bart's not inherently mischievous. Now, the problem that we run into here is that these characters have been the same for 30 years. Yeah. And their character arc is minimal, if at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but each of these characters in The Good Place, maybe with the exception of Jason, have a uh, have a character arc and mm-hmm. have growth. Yeah. Simpsons, they're stock characters for the most part. Mm-hmm. They have their moments where, you know... Homer and Lisa bonding, say during the museum trip or whatever, mm-hmm. or or um, you know uh, Lisa's uh, vegetarianism in uh, in uh, the the rooftop scene with uh, Apu and uh, <laughs> and Paul and Linda McCartney. Oh yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, so, yeah, I mean. Have we, we have, this will be an interesting thing for listeners to note and for us to note somewhere along the line as well, is that we have gone through and um, compared them to a number of other franchises as far as what their characters equal. And we have not, and we have yet to find a fit. No. Like that's, that's really exact. Mm -hmm. Um, They, it, but it's interesting how close that some of, you know, like it's relatively easy to pinpoint you know, who Jason is in every one of those situations. Uh, And it's relatively easy to pinpoint who Tahani would be and who Chidi would be. Mm -hmm. But Michael and Eleanor are very fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, And Chidi can be fluid, but for the most part, he's pretty stock, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. He has, uh, you know, he continues to have uh, struggles with his um, indecision, and uh and you know mostly that but uh the the characters that arguably that have the most growing to do are Eleanor and Michael yes cuz as and as i wrote down later in this episode um they're the ones who are the most alike um they're the ones who are the most alike but as we'll see towards the end mm mm-hmm. One is further along than the other. Correct, but I also think it's why they they they're what? the most wary of each other and mm-hmm. also bond the most. Yes. So, all right, let's carry on. Hi, Vicky. You want to hang out? We could work on our forced grins. Check mine out. 
That was pretty good. Yeah. Hmm, kitchen looks nice and crazy. I've been racking my brain trying to find a way to get through to Michael. What do you think about writing a rap musical about Kierkegaard? <laughs> I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> cool. <laughs> he had already started it. Yep. That's a lot of work. He had started writing his Hamilton. <laughs> that's that's pretty fantastic. That's that's the other that's the other reference, one of the many references I put down here. Like, they reference Hamilton. Well, that's not the first time they've referenced Hamilton either. No. No, no, no. No, the last time was overt, though. Yes. So, where this is... Well, as you, as he, as the joke plays out... Yes. He actually had started... <laughs> Michael's not going to learn how to be a good person overnight. He's not even a person. He's just a bunch of evil shoved up the butt of an evil mannequin. You know, teaching him to be good, it's like teaching me how to be not hot. How would you even do it? You'd have me hunch or something and, and stand there and say, gurp, gurp, gurp. I don't even know. I can't even picture it because I've been hot my whole life. I'm sorry, who is this conversation for again? It's for you. I believe in you, nerd boy. If you can teach me and Jason ethics... You can teach anybody. Thanks. But definitely a no on the rap musical. I mean, if you really... <laughs> my name is Kierkegaard and my writing is impeccable. Check out my teleological suspension of the ethical. No. No! Right? <laughs> no I felt like a no when I was doing it. <laughs> so... Janet. So have you seen Hamilton... Or if you listen to Hamilton, have you seen Hamilton? Uh, no. Okay. Not, no to both. No to both. Because um, it's amazing. Like, so I've heard it like if you listen to the album, it's pretty much the whole play. Mm -hmm. Like it's, there's no dialogue that's all wrapped. Yeah. It's the only rap album that my father-in-law will ever listen to. Okay. Um, and I hear that a lot as well. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> <laughs> but it does make American history a lot more exciting. Sure. Yeah. So, whereas, okay. so she's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Right, he's trying to make philosophy exciting. Yes. Appeal to the youngsters. Yes, the kids, as it were. <laughs> the kids. <laughs> hey there. If I were to tell you something personal about myself, you couldn't tell anyone about it, right? Right. So in a way, you're sort of like a therapist. Absolutely not. A therapist <laughs> is a trained medical professional with the ability to absorb and process complex ideas about human emotion. I am simply a vessel containing all of the knowledge in the universe. <laughs> Close enough. Jason and I are sleeping together. Okay. Obviously no one can ever know. I mean, I wouldn't check Jason if he were the last man on Earth. But, well, he sort of is. And I am. Shagging him, I mean. <laughs> I think I'm losing my mind, so please help me. Well, 
My job is to make your experience here in the afterlife more enjoyable, so I will try to help you. <laughs> I am going to need some time to read every book ever written about human psychotherapy. And now I've done that, so let's begin. <laughs> Have a seat. So. Hi, I'm your therapist. The so, couch. Yeah, so there's the couch. And then there's the fact that Tahani used the word shag. Yes. Whereas she had chided Jason earlier for using the pounding term pounding it out. It out yes. Which, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just so. It's I, a variation on it. Yeah. yeah. It's such a, she did such a Martin Crane thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very much so. Therapist. Janet. I just want to have a little chat about your progress. In the last homework assignment, I asked you to examine the ethics of Les Miserables, in which a man (laughs) steals a loaf of bread to feed his starving family. Would you please read your first paragraph? Everyone in this story sucks and belongs in the bad place. (laughs) The thief is bad, the officer chasing him is bad, all the whiny prostitutes are bad, (laughs) plus they're all French, so they're going to the bad place automatically. (laughs) See how you're already off topic? Chidi, I've been around a long time, like all of it, but I know for a fact that if you steal a loaf of bread, it's a negative 17 points. 20 if it's a baguette, because that makes you more French. (laughs) So the French. Yes. (laughs) Again, yeah, no. uh, It's it's, it's a very popular popular sitcom thing to to bag on the French. (laughs) But why? I, I don't know. Other than it's their attitudes. I think people envy the French a little bit also with their, to use a French term, laissez-faire attitude. Oh, um, see what you did there. I, yeah, see? See what I did there? <laughs> uh, and so, uh, you know, I, 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 I guess I understand it. There's also definitely the French have a holier-than-thou attitude, like, you know, just an automatically, well... We're French, so we are better than you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's the Monty Python. You, yeah, I, English types. I, yeah, <laughs> what was I? Uh, your mother uh, smells elderberries, and your father was was it? Your father is a hamster. Something. Yeah. What is it? I do something in your general direction. I fought in your. General oh, direction. I fought in your general direction. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Yes. Exactly. Uh, it's such it's a, a long-standing tradition. It is, but um, Jerry Lewis, though, I think they're, I think they're on the ball there. Apparently, my cat has decided that people are good to eat. Zuzu, <laughs> why is Zuzu turning to Gunther all of a sudden? Susu? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. No, don't bite. Yeah, <laughs> oh. she has been by herself a little bit lately, so she's all like. It's you time go around, for Susu to get attention. You go around galvanizing all around town, selling your books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, then, and this is great. Then you just have to like scratch her butt and she short circuits. Mm-hmm. And I pet her and try to give her some love. Mm-hmm. And she bites me. That's Well, that's a cat for you. Yeah. The pet me, pet me, bite you. Keep petting me. Do you or I'll think, bite you more. <laughs> do you think cats are going to hell? Uh, you know, there's the there's the thought, right? But I don't want... I don't want to go to any good place that doesn't have cats. That's true. So they are. I grew up with cats, so I, uh, I, I have a special soft spot. Mm-hmm. So, but they are, they are um, devious. Throughout history, they are portrayed as uh, being, um, you know, the what the uh, animal embodiment of the uh, 
of the dark arts. <laughs> so, uh, right? Witches always have cats, you know, mm-hmm. and black cats in particular get a bad rap. Yeah. Oh. Which, yeah. See, that was Cat Corner <laughs> on the Good Place. That's Cat Corner with Jerry Duran, sponsored Kitty Corner, by- if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, okay. So here we have um, we have the. It's interesting that that we talk about that though, right? Because this sort of goes back to the idea of morality being subjective. Now, there's not where is the moral absolute that stealing is wrong. Mm-hmm. There's that gray area that stealing to feed your family is, you know, somehow less wrong. Right. But stealing is stealing. Mm-hmm. So you know, I don't know. Um, I was just thinking. Well, it's funny. Going back to the French joke, mm-hmm. many of the philosophers are French. This is true. Yes. Descartes, yes. for one. Yeah. Um, I believe, was Kant French? Uh, I don't know. Emmanuel Kant? That yeah. sounds that sounds German. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a lot of, yeah, a lot of philosophers are German as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite. <laughs> Damn Damn you, Europe. <laughs> is about questioning things that you take for granted. And I, I just don't think that you're doing that. I mean, I personally know that Victor Hugo is in the bad place being tortured. He's a real wuss, too. If one of the lava monsters even gets near the guy, he's like, Sacre bleu, I peed in my pants. <laughs> that, that's exactly what he said. Jason's not a nice person. I, so I, always have a certain. I, I, I wrote down my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael be like, "That's exactly <laughs> what he said." Uh, <sighs> my pants. My p- <laughs> sucker. I peed in my pants. <laughs> Why would he do that? I mean, not why would he pee in his pants, but why would he say that? He's Victor Hugo. His, I, he's not going to say my pants. I would argue that watching Russell Crowe <laughs> perform, um, I forget his character's name in the movie, but it's not. Is he? Well, he's the Oh, cop. see, no, I'm thinking of the Liam Neeson version where he plays Jean Valjean. Um. There's the Liam, he's Doesn't the, the Liam Neeson version also have uh, Uma Thurman? It does. Yeah. And Jeffrey Rush is the... Just to do my letterman for a moment. Uma, Oprah. Uma, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> During his one hosting the Oscars stint. One, two... Would you like to buy a monkey? <laughs> yes, that's all I was about to say. Would, would you like to buy a monkey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's still i you know i know he gets crap for his his hosting but uh I of the oscars it. i i did too and i liked that bit about you know uh, of all the different actors auditioning for you know his part in cabin boy <laughs> would you like to buy a monkey guy i love that movie so much <laughs> um you know tim Byrne was originally supposed to direct that movie? i heard that yeah there mm-hmm. was like a big um retrospective about on the ringer about that movie Mm-hmm. And it's one of those that's gotten a lot more respect uh, paid to it. Yeah, over and, time. At, I remember at the time it being critically panned and everybody being like, "This is the worst movie of all time." But you think about like how it paved the way for 
pretty much every adult swim comedy. Yes. Yes. Um, well, and, and Chris Elliott has since been, I think, properly credited with that, mm-hmm. um, at least by the people who have created those those shows. Everybody talks about mm-hmm. having watched Chris Elliott as a comic and as as a, 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 having seen Cabin Boy or having seen uh, Get a Life. Mm-hmm. You which know. Charlie Kaufman wrote for. Which yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's mm-hmm. completely and totally absurd. Yes. As is everything. Yes, quite. <laughs> so. Uh, um, so Victor Hugo back mm-hmm. to my back pants. to Victor Hugo and my pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the lava monster. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. But <laughs> soccer blue. Um, Russell Crowe singing so great and yes. Les Misérables. Was he Jean Valjean in the? Is Jean Valjean is the rich guy, right, or the merchant person? I don't know. I don't. Jean I don't Valjean know my is Les, like, Les Misérables. So. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I know go to that search device that the kids like. Sure, um, your Bing, your <laughs> yeah, your your Ask Jeeves. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my god! Uh-huh. Go. Um, so, but I believe Hugh Jackman is your Jean Valjean. And, oh yes, yes, yes. And then um, Run- Russell Crowe's the constable or whatever. Yes. So yeah. Russell Crowe is singing as the constable is bad, which is he's not Broadway music. Inspector he's, Javert. Yeah, he's Javert. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's Pierce Brosnan and Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Bad. <laughs> and it's and which is funny because he's a. He's a rock musician when he's not acting. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. And throwing uh, typewriters. Thirty odd foot of grunt isn't that his band's name? <laughs> that is his band's name. Yep, I remember that being a joke when it when it uh, <laughs> when it happened. But but do you think even Victor Hugo would just be mad that someone made a really good musical about his about his book? I don't know. You'd have to ask Michael. Yeah, I'll have to ask Michael. So. Um, what he talks about with. Victor Hugo between lava monster peeings. <laughs> my pants. My, my pants. <laughs> I peed my pants. <laughs> All right, back to to honey on the couch. Shalon, I used what I called the Duke rule because Duke has both minimum acceptable university and rank of nobility. <laughs> You've never dated anyone like Jason before. I mean, I've dallied below my station. I once had a brief fling with a non-famous Hemsworth brother, but <laughs> even Larry Hemsworth okay. had more stick. This oh that's right I was gonna say where this comes back later but I can't say where it comes back Think of, later. This is yeah that's, don't don't that's far too recent don't pull Jason, Jason. <laughs> this is a job in a sad way not in the good rich way Hi guys what are you doing sitting in a room That's pretty cool I took your <laughs> suggestion I'm talking to Janet about our relationship. Actually, it might help me if I could hear Jason's side as well. Oh, no, 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 that'll only slow things down. Look, I'll tell you his side. He thinks that I have to control everything and that he has no voice in this relationship. Right, Jason? Good. Now, where were we? just heard that. <laughs> I just don't feel like you're engaging with the material, oh, like with the trolley problem. That was just tricky. That's all. Why don't you just tell me the right answer? Well, that's what's so great about the trolley problem is that there is no right answer. Uh, this is why everyone see. Hates this is why I'm saying philosophy professors. I'm on your- 
<laughs> the moral philosophy. Professor. Yes, everybody hates moral philosophy professors. Um, again, so the simultaneous ugh from from uh, from Michael and and uh, and Eleanor. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think that they're they're and and I'm sure that this is done on purpose, but they are the closest that uh, to each other and in sharing similar mm-hmm. traits. So. Here's the thing I, where I think Chidi is just kind of maybe a little, like he's right. He does understand human and moral philosophy mm-hmm. much more than Michael ever would. But Michael, I don't think he understands Michael's point of view here. Whereas Michael's point of view is all of recorded human history. Correct. Yes. Whereas he has for about 60 some million gazillion years, mm-hmm. he has seen humanity at its worst. Over, over, yeah, yeah, over and over again, mm-hmm. going by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as he wants to, Chi wants to chide Michael for not getting the material. Mm-hmm. Air quotes, listeners. <laughs> I think that that's actually a good, um, just as a quick good segue, uh, yeah. that chiding with Chidi is a... I, I've been did, you, mean- did you just hear that? Yeah, no, I did. And I've been meaning <laughs> to do that for a... About, I would say, um, oh, 18 episodes. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm glad that I was able to And then to his cooking show, Chiving with Cheaty. <laughs> <laughs> or Chili with Cheaty. Yeah. There we, oh, 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 that's some bad, bad, we don't want to talk about that oh, yet I either. I pulled God a meat again. <laughs> oh, Jason, you're such a Jason. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, it's pointless. I don't think he sees Michael's point of view. As, yes. Um, as Michael's point of view encompasses, like he's seen this over and over again. It's interesting though, that as a moral philosopher, uh, Chidi is pretty obstinate. Mm-hmm. He, he can't necessarily, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Hmm. ideas seem to be pretty absolutist for somebody who's a moral philosopher. Mm-hmm. His idea of right and wrong is pretty firm. It seems. Which is weird because the man can't ever make a decision. Correct. Yeah. No. Like any, it just gets deeper and deeper. Like so many layers. Whereas any religion will tell like you, like an onion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bring it all back to Shrek. Yeah. But like any religion will tell you that there's always an like a right or wrong. But then you get a kind of these situations. There's a gray area. There's a yes. gray area. Whether it be like stealing for your family, stealing for your family, or killing one man to save. Save a million. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. So it's like there is these gray areas. There are these things that things you know got where you can't. Nothing is absolutely black and white. Right. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, I believe you were about to segue into a Michael Jackson song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which one? It doesn't matter oh, if you're oh, black or white. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> We are just not that's, clicking today. That is um, funny because when we were talking about the Simpsons earlier, that's the that is like I re, distinctly recalling the episode <laughs> where Bart gets Michael Jackson to sing to Lisa for his birthday. Oh, for her birthday. That's right. And then then to be followed by the most traumatic eighteen minutes of my life. Uh, Michael Jackson grabbing his crotch. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Anyhow, Sim, oh, it's also Simpson segue. Mm-hmm. 
did you watch the Marion episode yet? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. What did you think? Is that? Is that? Yeah. That's. I mean, that's my that's my concern. Is that the Simpsons have just entered a world of eh? Yeah. <laughs> There's some good. I laughed. I laughed hardly at the end, and that's because they make a pretty good dig at broadcast at podcasting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's, there are it's some very it can good take some shots. And there's it, some very good jokes at Marin's expense. Oh good. <laughs> Your side here, dude, but he is not wrong. Okay, Michael, trust me. When it comes to human ethics, I just know more than you. <laughs> See, that's I've been studying it my whole life. It's just that it's so theoretical, you know? Do we want to talk about Michael's smile at that? <laughs> yeah. at, at, at at Chidi telling him that that he knows more than him. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like that's was so whole... sly. It's like Michael knows it's not possible for you to know yeah. what I know. <laughs> that's and that serves like like why even start this argument? Why mm-hmm. even say that? Yeah, you like he, it's like he forgot who he's talking to. Yeah, you're talking to a demon who's lived gazillions of years which again this points to chidi having a relatively large ego yeah uh which is also something which seems to be in conflict with his with his character mm-hmm. chidi is is a man in conflict mm-hmm. and i did like how you said he has a rather large ego and mm-hmm. i did not once go that's what she said <laughs> until just now until just now <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe there's a more concrete approach. Here, let, let's try this. Oh, God! Michael, what did you do? I made the trolley problem real so we could see how the ethics would actually play out. There are five workers on this track and one over there. Here are the levers to switch the tracks. Make a choice. The thing is, I mean, ethically speaking... No time, dude! Make a decision! Well, it's tricky! I mean, on the one hand, if you ascribe to a purely utilitarian worldview... <laughs> okay. So... What did we learn? <laughs> so, what was the name of the movie or the thing playing at the theater? It was like Strangers something. I missed that. Let's let's rewind a bit, shall we? <laughs> Over there. I could watch that. All day. Okay. Oh, so, at which God. which point are they Michael, passing it? Okay. I we'll mean, just... you know, maybe there's a more concrete approach. Here, let let's try this. God, Michael, what did you do? I made the trial problem real so we could see how the ethics would actually play out. There are five workers on this track and one over there. Here are the levers to switch the tracks. Make a choice. The thing is, is. okay. Oh, strangers strangers under under a train train and bend it like like Bentham. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What is what is that reference? Well, strangers Bentham. Well. Beckham, bend it like I know Beckham. Strangers Under a Train is a reference to Strangers on a Train. Right. Bend it like Beckham as the Kira Knightley movie. Right. But what is... Bentham. Yeah. Or Bentham. Is it... Uh, uh, okay. I, I must know. Are you are you being Bentham? Um, are you asking Jeeves? Are you Lexusing Nexusing? <laughs> <laughs> Something this here should tell me. Of what the force. So who is Bentham? Okay. Anyone notice this movie marquee with the trolley problem? Ah, oh, I've gone to Reddit. 
This episode of What the Fuck is sponsored by. It's referring to Jeremy Bentham. Who is Jeremy Bentham? Ah, well, thank you, Reddit. Jeremy Bentham uh, was an English philosopher, jurist, and social uh, reformer regarded as the founder of modern utilitarianism. Oh! See what they did there? (laughs) That shit's deep. This is why we love this show. Bentham defined as the fundamental axiom of his philosophy the principle that it is the greatest happiness of the greatest number that is the measure of right and wrong. He became a leading theorist in Anglo-American philosophy of law and a political radical whose ideas influenced the development of uh, welfareism. He advocated for individual and economic freedoms, the separation of church and state, freedom of expression, equal rights for women, the right to divorce, and the discriminating uh, or decriminalizing of homosexual acts. So Jeremy Bentham is an all right dude. Yeah. (laughs) Was. Um, All right. Well, that's good to know. Go Jeremy Bentham. Yeah. I mean, ethically speaking... No time, dude! Make a decision! Well, it's tricky! I mean, on the one hand, if you ascribe to a purely utilitarian worldview... Which is why he was on the marquee. Okay. (laughs) So. What did we learn? (laughs) So. Cheating? Going back again to the Simpsons. This is such a... Itchy and scratchy moment. Yes. Yes. It is. It is very much an itchy and scratchy moment. Yes. <laughs> what are we thinking? He thinks he just killed a bunch of people with a trolley. It's just a simulation. I would never make you kill real people. Oh, well, that's reassuring because some of the parts of the fake people flew into my mouth. <laughs> Michael, can we just go back to the classroom? We never left. Here, I'll show you. Look, see, buddy, none of this was real. Well, they're fake people, but their pain is real. Does that make sense? (laughs) There have to be stakes, or it's just another thought experiment. This is awful. You specifically asked me if there was a way I I love his book with the material more. I'm trying, you guys. Sorry, you're right. I want to help you understand this. Thank you, Chidi. So, let's try again. <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought maybe we would have a discussion. No, the whole point is to play out the scenario in real time. Quick, Chidi, what's your decision? Okay, okay, I can do this. I am choosing to switch tracks, so that way I only kill one person. Oh, forgot to tell you, this is the scenario where you actually know one of the people. It's your friend Henry there. <laughs> oh, with the boots. Hello, yeah. Okay, just a simulation, <laughs> an almost impossibly lifelike simulation. Would someone's foot really fly off their body like that? That's kind of cool. <laughs> Ethically speaking. It's like okay. It's like the two are just king up on them. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and yes, how those boots are ugly. They are terrible. <laughs> but I love the call. I know we've the discussed boots. boots before, but those are awful. They are terrible boots. Terrible, terrible boots. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. This is the scenario where you know one of the people. <laughs> so, um. 
So I guess we should ask ourselves, mm-hmm. are you going to go kill the five or are you going to kill the one? That's a good question. Now, here's another scenario. Do you just jump out of the train and leave it to, well, I wasn't behind the wheel. Oh. That also seems wrong. That seems like a cowardly way out. But um, I think... I guess I'm wondering, at what point did we lose the brakes on the trolley? Hmm. Hmm. Because here's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. You know who's really at fault here? The, the big corporate bigwigs. Yeah. yeah. Who decided that cut they were corners. to take, cut corners <laughs> and decided to put shitty brakes mm-hmm. on the trolley mm-hmm. and thus causing the trolley to kill anyone. And I demand a Senate hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to put the trolley maker on trial. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to bring him out to the light and show the public how they killed six people. Mm-hmm. Now, is it possible to run at the side of the trolley with enough force to knock it over and derail it before it hits anybody? I would think so. I go with that option then. Yeah. I take option C. Option C. <laughs> knock over the trolley. You know, risk your own life if the... F- if the mm-hmm. trolley explodes, as all good movies have, have shown me, that as soon as a vehicle gets knocked over, it explodes. <laughs> if you think about the whole premise of speed mm-hmm. and speed two, is, is the, the trolley, trolley problem. problem. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well. Whereas the solution is. Well, hang on a sec. Speed two? Cruise control? Yeah. because On the boat? Yeah, on the boat. Because, I have never seen that one. Oh, God, it's awful. I... I figure it has it replaces doesn't it replace keanu reeves with jason patrick yeah that wasn't that's that's the least of its problems the least of its problems problems is um well the redeemable part is jason patrick's all right william defoe is i was gonna say william defoe is the villain in it right but pretty much it's what happens that was a i need to work paycheck for william defoe oh i'm sure (laughs) There's been, I'm sure he's had a few of those days where he's like, yeah, yeah, I could work with like, um, Lars von Trier, Lars von Trier all the time. Or, um, who's the, or I could buy a house. Yeah. (laughs) Um, or he's, I think he's an Aquaman now or something, but there's, um, he's the guy. uh, That's right. He is. Isn't he like the, the, the big guy? Underwater and Aquaman. I have no idea. I didn't have it's seen a DC Aquaman. Movie. Exactly. Okay. See, I'm glad. This is another reason we're friends. Now, with the exception of the 1989 and 1992 Batman films, I don't give a shit about DC movies. But uh, you've seen the dark. The oh Nolan no. Okay. Ones. Okay. I take that back. Yeah. I have seen the Nolan ones. I okay. So I like Batman, with the exception of the period during the 90s when Joel Schumacher was at the helm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and I even, I even don't mind, uh, Val Kilmer's Batman. Oh no. I, um, I, I've watched it. <laughs> I watched it a couple, like I think in a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And so two face is my favorite villain. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and I remember 1995 or 96, Jason being really excited that, um, the two face is going to be played by Tom yeah. Lee Jones. Mm hmm. Only to see Tommy Lee Jones like ruin it. And yeah, he he went. Fault. He like he did. He Jack Nicholson it up 
Yeah. It's like they were asking for somebody to do what Nicholson did with the Joker, mm-hmm. but with Two-Face. I don't think it's his fault. I think that was a choice made by Joel Schumacher. I think it would have been interesting to see, and I think at some point this was on the table, to see Billy D. Williams become yes. Two-Face. That was that was on the table. I think it was on the table if Burton had directed the third mm-hmm. one, right? Yes, and I would have given, I would give a million dollars to see Billy D. Oh, yeah. Do um, yeah, there's down. another scrub bro, scrub reference. <laughs> Lando, Billy D. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always think of was it the night professor on like one of the A Murphys goes mm-hmm. Billy D, Billy D. Oh Billy yeah, D. yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> they would have been pretty smooth to see um, Billy D flip a coin. And, oh yeah, that would just been. I think that would have been really cool. Oh my to God. see him bring that that kind of energy that he has to it that because uh, he's always very suave right mm-hmm. he's always billy d williams to pull that to you know bring that to two-face would have been pretty sweet here's why i propose uh-huh so you know there it's been apparently army hammer isn't talks to replace Affleck, i've heard that yeah which i i'd be down for i like army hammer a lot yeah he's pretty good and um i'd be down to get Donald glover to be harvey dent that would be cool yeah, that would be cool. I could see that. I mean, are we now just saying that? Oh, we're just saying that, be- and yeah, I am saying that because, because he was Lando. No, and the solo movie. And which- can I say that I think he was squandered as Lando in that? Oh yes, I. I he was good as Lando. I would have. Uh, I would have. See, liked I have to my problems more. with him as Lando in that. I would have liked to see him not do a caricature, though. It felt like a caricature to me. You th- um. I think he added something to it. Hmm. He added... I don't think he had enough to dig into it. Exactly. With. Yeah. I wanted to see... And if they... I would like to have seen a Lando movie. Yeah. And apparently they're not going to do that now because... Well, but to me... And not that... I'm not knocking in any way. Please don't hate on me for this. I love Billy D as Lando. To me, Billy D is Lando. Mm-hmm. But... He also didn't have the time, time, the kind of screen time that Harrison Ford as Han Solo did. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is just un, you know, you can't see anybody as Han Solo other than Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. He was that character, you know, and and to to try to, I I don't, I didn't envy the the task put before that actor to take over Han Solo. Mm-hmm. But we also know so much about that character already, you know, and this filling in a backstory or whatever. I don't know. I There were parts of it that I like. It's not my favorite Star Wars film. I'm not no. going to hate on it too much. I just think that it has its problems. and It's service. It's not, there's no heart yeah. to the story because it's mainly just written as a service to the fans. Right. But I think if you go with a film on somebody like Lando, there's just so much there that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And it would have been perfect to have that be the the um have that be the character vehicle mm-hmm. to to go with rather than solo. And I think more people would have been interested in seeing that as well. Mm-hmm. Um personally, I I think uh, but and maybe they'll reverse their idea. Maybe we'll get a chance to see a Lando TV series on Disney's uh, streaming yeah. thing. And apparently, Billy. D- well, I think if we all go see episode nine, mm-hmm. which we are going to either to love it or to hate it. Hopefully, the I one- I go into all of these Star Wars mm-hmm. films with an open mind because, and I am I'm one of the people 
I really liked The Last Jedi a lot. As did I. But apparently, the internet being as it is... <sighs> Come on, internet. You can yeah. do better. Too better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, people think The Last Jedi is a cinematic failure, which I do not. I Yeah, I completely disagree with that. Mm. I think it's a fantastic film. It's probably one of my favorite Star Wars films. I like... Um, I, I don't think it's better than any of the originals, except it might be better than Return of the Jedi. Um, but that's not hard. That's not hard. Oh, dude, you're hurting young Jared. <laughs> young Jared grew up watching the Ewok battle. I um, and watching then also not just the Ewok battle, but then the films that came out afterwards, the battle for Endor. And uh, I like Battle for Endor. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day. Um, was it Battle for Endor is the one with Wolfler Brimley, right? Yeah. I, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Diabetes. <laughs> yeah. Diabetes. Uh, anyway, that uh, was Star Wars Corner. But Jason uh, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Jason um, Jared shooting first. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Han shot first. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think that that Orlando movie would have been more interesting. So it's a shame we didn't get to see that. I'm, I'm actually. Uh, very excited about the the Mandalore or whatever they're oh the yeah Mandalorian whatever and that's uh, John Favreau yeah bringing that back yeah. to uh, a couple episodes back yeah which we were, were talking about Favreau yeah Favreauin mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy yeah when I was uh, that was actually just the last episode where I was talking about uh, how much I enjoy cowboys and aliens <laughs> <laughs> yes yes because you were the one I was the one you were the one. And I argue that I'm correct. I think, you know, mark my words, people, 10 years down the road, Cowboys and Aliens is going to be that cult classic. It's going to uh, it's going to come back like Buckaroo Banzai and, uh, and be like a uh, fan favorite. You know, people will watch it and, and uh, Film Bar will do showings of it and uh, all that sort of thing. See you nights. Yeah. Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> and and I will be there. I'll I'll do I'll happily do the uh, the intro and discussion of it and lead it and talk about basically for about 15 minutes I'll talk about how much I was right. So Oh, Jared's here. I guess you're watching the movie by yourself. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, oh, Jason came here out pity. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Jason came here to sit in the back and be like, I told you. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of Daniel Craig, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they... Have, Shatterhand? I know! It's, yeah. it's a Blofeld reference. Yeah. So, yeah. They're, they're going... They're going with it. They're going. They're doing the continuation of Spectre. It's it's not a great title. No, it's no, not, it's not the worst title. No, what is the worst Bond title? Oh god. Um. Well. Is that your you're thinking James Bond movie <laughs> music rather? Yep. Uh, I would argue it's Octopussy. Uh, well, but it's also the best title. And it's also the best title. Octopussy. Yeah. Um Solas I wasn't too thrilled with. It's not a great title. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I again, like- you get the reference. Oh, it's for Quantum. Yeah. Uh, but And it's, you know, also 
you know, he just had his lover killed. Yeah. You know, saving his life. Mm-hmm. So he needed, you know. Some solace. Some solace. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so See what they did there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, Speaking of solace, Jason. Ah. Sitting on the couch. It's a good segue. See what I did there? <laughs> she's really smart. And she's all soft and smooth like a bunch of water balloons. But I tell her she's pretty a hundred times a day. And she's never said, I'm pretty once. And how does that make you feel? <laughs> I just feel like the honey is embarrassed that I'm not some sort of scientist who forecloses on banks. <laughs> it's my turn. I have a lot of problems too, you know. Perhaps we could kill two birds with one Janet, as it were. How would you feel about giving Jason and me couples therapy? I'd feel great. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's a thumb. Janet, what's happening? (laughs) Unclear. My guess is I'm operating in a way I'm not designed for, and it's creating a small glitch. But if I'm helping you guys, I say, what has one thumb and wants to keep going? This not lady. <laughs> and, and there's scrubs the Scrubs show. reference. Yeah. Yes, there's the Scrubs reference. So clearly, Janet is um, Bob Kelso. <laughs> <laughs> no, Janet is not Bob Kelso. No, she's clearly um, uh, no, she's um. So Janet's glitching because her feelings for Jason. Yes. She's she's holding them in. Yes. Like I had forgot about this arc. So it's kind of it's uh it's it's a fun one mm-hmm. um as we continue on with it. Okay, so that was trolley problem version number seven. <laughs> Chidi opted to run over five William Shakespeare's instead of one Santa Claus. <laughs> as much as I'm enjoying watching random people's heads fly off, I think we've taken this trolley thing as far as it can go. You might be right, Eleanor. Well, and what's interesting Thank here, you. too, is that Let's he... Let's try the doctor. <laughs> is that Chidi is the only one getting splattered with person. Yes. Uh, I, and I had not noticed that until a rewatch, either. Uh, is that both Eleanor and Michael are pristinely dressed... Uh, and clean while Chidi is covered in human. <laughs> the one. Dude, what the fuck? Surprisingly graphic for a network TV show. Absolutely, yeah. Die. Eleanor's perfect it's the bits Chidi. that sell it. Yeah. Slice her open and use her organs to save the five sick people. Chidi, Chidi, think about this. I'm your hottest friend. No, Tahani. I'm your nicest friend. <laughs> no, Jason. I'm your friend. <laughs> <laughs> As a doctor, I have taken the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm, and although five people will die, I cannot harm one innocent person to save them and forsake my oath. It's unethical. Okay. Tell their families. What? (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Chidi, my daddy needed a heart transplant. Did you save his life? He was working, then a really bad man ran him over with the trolley. What? I'm finding this incredibly helpful. I think I'm really starting to get it. Oh, I know. We'll do the one where uh, you're in a boat next to a volcano, and you can either save 50 people or one awesome dog. Or no, 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 hey, no, no. Are you torturing us again? What? You don't care about learning ethics lessons. You're just torturing Chidi again, aren't you? Busted. What? <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Of course, Elmer's the one to die. figure it out. Of Again. Not as hard yes. as those people you crushed with a trolley, though. <laughs> Boom! I'm sorry, is, is this funny to you? Yeah, I thought that was clear from my laughter. Oh, come on. My bad. <laughs> Look, I'm still on your team, okay? I just needed to let off a little steam. Whew. See? Back home, all good. No. No, not all good. You keep saying that we need you or we'll end up getting tortured forever, but then when we do help you out, we still end up getting tortured. I'd rather just be tortured than choose it. You are no longer welcome in my class. <laughs> Get the fork out. What? But I said, my bad. Out! <laughs> <laughs> my bad, the new ticket sleazy. It is the new take it sleazy. <laughs> but I have used that defense before. I've said my bad. <laughs> I you know, it's 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 true. You okay? You've been staring at the second page of this book for an hour. When I'm really upset, concentrating on a table of contents helps me calm down. It's <laughs> like a menu, but the food is words. <laughs> I can't believe I actually thought he wanted to learn from us. What he really wanted was to torture me using the thing that I love most in the world. Woven belts. <laughs> I'm sorry about this, Chidi. I made him take the classes and I feel a little responsible. No, oh, no, it's not your fault. Yeah, you're right, it isn't, and no take backs. A tiger can't change his stripes. This is what he always wanted. Me trying desperately to teach him something that he never intended to learn so I'd end up miserable with my glasses all smudged up from sweaty forehead stress grease. Okay, gross. Also, <laughs> I really don't think that's true. Oh, no? What possible other reason could he have to behave that way? Actually, I can think of one. Yesterday, Tahani gave us her reasons not to take this relationship public. Tahani, what do you value about Jason? Well, he's thoughtful, picks flowers and brings them to me. Often they're ones I've just planted, but... That's how I know they're fresh. He's <laughs> the least self-aware person I've ever met. He has massive amounts of unearned confidence and is utterly unaware of his own absurdity. <laughs> Therefore, quite good at sex. Here's the thing. I'm nice to you and you're mean to me. There's something wrong about that, but I can't put my finger on what it is. <laughs> Jason... I genuinely like you, but it's hard to change all at once. Could you give me a little more time? Okay. I agree to keep this on the DL for now. If you agree to grab my butt in public once a week, you can say I sat in gum and that you're trying to scrape it off. You do sit in a lot of gum. <laughs> Aw, I'm happy for you guys. Oh. 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 <laughs> Look, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so she also described all the reasons why I love Jason. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, except for the you know the sex part, <laughs> but but you know all the other reasons why I love Jason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's 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 perfectly clear. And um, so yeah. and yes, and but Janet had a frog come out of her mouth, which is a magnolia reference. Yes, yeah, it is a magnolia. Uh, there reference. you go. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't take a joke. That's coming. on him. <laughs> Just like all that blood was. <laughs> I can't high five that. 
no matter how badly I want to. <laughs> this isn't about Chidi not being able to take a joke. This is about you. You're doing what I used to do. You're pulling an Eleanor. Oh. Posting my cousin's credit card number on Reddit because she said I looked tired? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Pulling an Eleanor, in this case, is lashing out when you feel like a failure. You couldn't hack the classes. They made you feel dumb and small, so you took it out on the teacher. You think I feel dumb and small? I'm an eternal being who can see in nine dimensions. I can see from your aura that you're about to fart quietly and then lie about it. And please don't, because I can also see what you ate today. Dude, you can bluster and insult all you want. Also classic shell strop moves, by the way. But deep down, you know I'm right. Whatever. Eventually, Cheaty will get over it. Leaving it up to the other person to be the grown-up. Yet another classic <laughs> shell move. You and I are really very similar. She's making my point. Yeah. About me. Look, bro, <laughs> it's 100% on you to make this up to him. I screwed up. I'm owning it. I mean, I'm a superior being. I'd <laughs> act like one, right? <laughs> So, I really thought about each one of you, and I got you something that will make you happy. I call them opposite tortures. Do you mean presents? Yes. <laughs> Honey, here's yours. Holy mama. Is this a diamond? Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't get the appeal. Diamonds are literally carbon molecules lined up in the most boring way. They're worthless space garbage. What you're holding right now, that's basically meteorite poop. And I have the biggest piece. Eleanor, <laughs> I had Janet make you a never-ending shrimp dispensary. <gasps> wow. <laughs> this is the dream. It is? No, yeah. it's not. Jason? <laughs> That's pretty gross. Here you go. <gasps> Pikachu! Guys, it's Pikachu! <laughs> this is awesome! Oh. And finally, <laughs> Chief, Poor Jason. you were a tough nut to crack, but I think I figured it out. This is a replica of a lost notebook from the desk of Immanuel Kant. It contains never-before-seen thoughts, musings, and several uh, crude, erotic doodles. Interesting guy, actually. The point is, no one on Earth has ever seen this, except for you. Cool. <gasps> this isn't an apology. It's a bribe, and I'm not interested. Yeah, we can't be bought. What do you want from me, man? You want me to give you a golden nameplate for your office? Well, you want a diamond bigger than Tahani's? No! <laughs> then this would be worthless. I don't want anything. <laughs> Jesus oh, oh, okay. Um, I get it. I get it. You want me to admit that I was wrong. You want me to say, oh, Chidi, I'm so sorry. Because I didn't understand human ethics and you do, it made me feel insecure. And I lashed out. And, oh, please help me because I feel so, so lost and vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chidi, I'm so sorry. I, um... I didn't understand human ethics, and, and you do. And it made me feel insecure, and I lashed out. And I really need your help, because I feel so lost and vulnerable. Aw. Aw. 
Have a seat. <laughs> Nobody try mystery flavor. It's white chocolate and it is nasty. Oh, <laughs> so look at the flavors. Uh-huh. Okay. Like one of them is um one of them is Mountain Blast, which is their like it's all It looks like they're 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 Pepsi. Um, they're Pepsi. Yeah. it's a Pepsi vending machine. It is. But so, Cool Ranch is on there. Yeah. Cajun. Some things that make sense. Garlic. Mm. Um but yes, mystery flavor. That was <laughs> Did I tell you I met Eleanor? At the way I feel is the real life Eleanor at work. She's a coworker of mine, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. And she likes shrimp. She does. <laughs> she was talking about how much she um, apparently the Sizzler. Oh, <laughs> no kidding. Has all you can eat shrimp right now. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about it. Um, is she also a horrible person? Not horrible, but not um, great. <laughs> like in the off chance, <laughs> in the off chance she's listening. I don't think. I don't think anyone's like a horrible person, but she's not someone who I would hang, out, hang with. out with on, yeah. a, on a regular basis. Hang out with at the Sizzler and eat shrimp. Yeah, definitely. All you not. can eat. Yeah. So she's a nice person. She's just um, abrasive. Mm-hmm. Um, would probably be um, a diplomatic way to put it. Okay. Um, a little nosy. Again, like she's blonde mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and has um, weird stories about ex boyfriends. And ah, is, sort um, of like the Eleanor. Sort of like Eleanor. So I work with Eleanor. Huh. Interesting. So, so uh, but she's also, um, I, as I believe most people are, good people. And, um, she's definitely a person who would be um, in the Fry's parking lot um, dropping a bottle of Lonely Margarita. Lonely Girl <laughs> Margarita mix. Oh, no. That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Woo! Nobody try cool mystery, ranch, flavor. mystery flavor. It's garlic, white chocolate sriracha, and sunrise. it is nasty. Circus and peanuts. Margarita mix. Okay, you already yeah. saw that? Circus Listen, peanuts. We just wanted to thank you for all of your help. Our relationship's grown so much stronger over the past few weeks, and we owe it all to you. Congratulations. I am very happy for the both of you. Uh-oh. Okay, bye. Hi there. What's happening? What's wrong? I am wrong. (laughs) I can't stop glitching. I don't know why, and it's getting worse. I fear this neighborhood is in danger of total collapse. (laughs) So that's the main thing. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Yes. So obviously the frog was a premonition. uh, Yes. Saying that pretty much, unless we change our ways... Someone changes their ways; it's going to be destroyed. Right. So now I think that. So, which means next week's episode will be a collection of Amy Man songs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, quite. Yes. There were a couple of things that I had wanted to go back to about the trolley problem before we took off of this because okay. um, I think that it's worth you know they they go over it and talk about the um, you know the utilitarian. Uh, view of it and that's pretty much what they what they go with um and now (laughs) i like the variations there's the fat man variation as before a trolley is hurtling down a track towards five people you're on a bridge under which it will pass and you can stop it by putting something very heavy in front of it as it happens there's a very fat man next to you your only way to stop the trolley is to push him over the bridge and onto the track killing him to save five (laughs) 
Which I think in this case it would be who's the boot guy? Oh, I already forgot his name. name. Yep. Mr. Not important enough to remember mm-hmm. because Red you're the guy, guy who Red I'm going to throw in front of the trolley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I do have, um, I thought it would be good to bring up with your association with Waymo, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the implications for autonomous vehicles. I think this is an interesting conundrum here, right? Because the driverless vehicle, mm. be- you know, I can't. I would imagine can't take this into effect now. Problems analogous to the trolley problem arise in, in the design of autonomous cars. In situations where the car's software is forced during a potential crash scenario to choose between multiple courses of action, sometimes including options which include the death of the car's occupants, all of which may cause harm, a platform called Moral Machine was created by MIT Media Lab to allow the uh, the public expre- uh, to express their opinions on what decisions autonomous vehicles should make in scenarios that are that use the trolley problem uh, paradigm analysis of the data collected through moral machines showed broad differences in relative preferences among different countries other approaches make use of virtual reality to assess human behavior in experimental settings in 2016 the government of germany constituted um, constituted an ethical commission that address the implications of autonomous driving. As a result, the commission defined 20 rules for autonomous and uh, and connected driving, which will be obligatory for upcoming laws rec- regarding the production of autonomous cars. So let's see now. Uh, oh, that's going to be in German. Is, is my phone going to translate it for me? Let's huh. see if my phone will translate it for me, because I, I think this is interesting. Uh, if, if anything, it's going to say it really loud. Are you familiar with Germans who say nice things? Oh, that is that is a PDF. Um, <laughs> I I'm not going to go into the whole findings of that, but I think this is interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go out on a little bit of this discussion here. Mm-hmm. Driverless vehicles. The idea being that you know, and we've had an instance, you know, where it did not work right. locally here, where it actually went ahead and ran into the person. Mm-hmm. Now, this brings something up. You know, what what went wrong? Did we ever get a full report on what went wrong? What? uh, You're putting me on the spot. Um, So what went wrong was, there's a few things that went wrong, but Uber was ultimately to blame. Okay. Um, I'm not sure, but apparently the driver, the guy who was behind the wheel could have done something, maybe, maybe not. Didn't. Didn't. Um. Yeah, I don't take me anything that I'm saying as as um okay. As don't worry about that. Let's put that to the side. Okay. Now, but in that situation, what do you? How do we actually? And, and I'm of two minds of uh, in regards to the subject matter of autonomous driving to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, fork buddies, feel free to weigh in at some point. Now you you have this problem where first of all you are getting into a vehicle. And putting your judgment aside and onto the computer that mm-hmm. is taking you from place to place. Right. Now, how that seems to be its own sort of, uh, have its own sort of, of uh, dilemma, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're saying, well, it's beyond my control. I am now putting the car in control. Mm-hmm. So you are sort of abdicating responsibility at that point. Um, and then you're also saying that depending on what sort of situation comes up, 
What if a situation comes up where, you know, uh, crashing the vehicle would be better for people around you on the road? That has happened. Like, um, that has happened in, well, not so much in Waymo. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, when Waymo is stuck, Mm -hmm. it's just, it get it stays like mm-hmm. it doesn't do anything okay it it glitches like like a janet or, oh uh, it it will glitch and it will just stay still until something happens like that was part of what was happening early on was when faced with like a decision or it couldn't compute it would just stop huh it, it couldn't make a decision um Apparently, it's gone better with refinement as these situations come up, as it learns from its mistakes, mm-hmm. like a Johnny Five or a. Sure, a, yeah, um, no disassemble Johnny Five. <laughs> Johnny Five is alive. <laughs> um, but that's, um, but that's saying that I, from my brief time, w- from briefly discussing with Waymo uh, and the people that they're they're learning to do, they're mm-hmm. taking these moral and ethical things and trying to teach it to a machine. Um, um, much like Chidi is trying to teach Michael how to be ethical. Um, well, I I think that this is I think that it's hmm, I think it's an interesting discussion. I think that uh, that yeah, should anybody want to continue it on social media, I'd be down with continuing it. I would be too. But it's a big it's a big discussion. It's funny how in the least in the months since I've in the few months since I did my little story on it mm-hmm. how as they go more and more towards a pure autonomy mm-hmm. how much chandler has sort of turned against them yeah <laughs> yeah like apparently people will pull up to them and like oh really like attack r- drivers no kidding um wow so it's like turned to a real like um it's like a Frankenstein situation. Exactly, exactly. As I was about to say, it's like we don't understand it, so we're going. We don't. To yeah, it. we don't get the monster, so yeah. we're going to take yeah. down the monster. So we have to destroy it. So they lash out. Wow, <laughs> so, that's insane. So, it's, but also very human. Mm-hmm. Kill what you don't know. Exactly. Well, and Waymo isn't helping either. They're like anytime a, in my in my experience, I. They, I was promised to even get to ride one and I never got to. Hmm. And then they were totally secretive. Not secretive, but they were um, they weren't as open as they could have been about it. Interesting. And if you read any of the Republics and even and the New Times reporting, I believe like Ray Stern's doing it for the New Times and Ryan Randazzo's doing it for the Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime they've tried to talk to anyone on the ground either in Chandler or with Waymo they do get brushed aside I, huh. they got no further than I did um, and when they and even to the point where I think I think Ryan with the Republic followed one back to headquarters and then security came out wow <laughs> um, like worth the press man we wanted to like a nice story about your autonomous vehicles and they're like no no dice and that may have a lot to do with that too may have a lot to do with um, Uber. Okay. Um, the thing with Uber, because um, as far as, but it's we're getting really, <laughs> getting real we're technical getting, here. Yeah, we are. But 
like I said, I think it's an interesting discussion. Um, and it was an interesting episode. Yeah, was it was a good episode. episode. So, the trolley problem. So, so yeah, where do you guys come in on that? Uh, <laughs> was this the one that Tyler asked us Tell about? Tell us in the comments. Um, <laughs> was this the one Tyler asked us about on Twitter? It was the one that initially came up. And then you mentioned something that comes in a little bit later. Um, <laughs> and so we won't again mention it here until we get to that episode. Um, oh, yeah, because I pulled a Jason. Yes, quite. Uh, but yeah, so that was the trolley episode, and and to be clear, when I say pulling a Jason, that's pulling a Jason the host, <laughs> <laughs> not a Jason slash Gianni. Yeah. Well, all right, man. So, cool. um, so next week is the Amy Man episode, <laughs> um, where they all sing "Wise Up." <laughs> in the middle of the episode no. that that would be pretty great that would be pretty it great. is yeah it is not what they do I but mean, have the voice of um would, oh yeah kirsten bell kirsten bell yeah. singing amy man i think would be. yeah that would be pretty good so michael shore if you're listening there you go here's your future idea <laughs> because he's for sure listening um <laughs> and yeah again so let's just uh if you want to follow us on instagram and twitter at what the fork pod subscribe wherever you listen and uh, please leave a rating and review yes watch me watch me reenact the try problem with my son's toys <laughs> <laughs> and um on um uh, on what the fork pod on the instas mm-hmm. um getting a pretty good gathering yeah love it's spam oh good um but um <laughs> <laughs> very cool a lot of realtors seem to be really interested in the podcast well maybe maybe oh well because it's got i don't know place in the title <laughs> um i have no idea i haven't tagged until the one i posted during us recording this episode mm-hmm. i have not once indicated that we're in phoenix oh gotcha <laughs> so cool well all right fork buddies that's gonna do it uh take it sleazy keep it sleazy it's take it sleazy is it take it sleazy I we for- keep going back and forth i don't know anymore jared <laughs> something to it's do not organic anymore there's there's something to do with sleaze and you should um keep it or take it yeah. <laughs> my it bad. Is take it sleazy because it's take it easy take it sleazy but i said my bad no, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been a Hoonwaddle production. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not check out one of our other fine podcasts available from hootenwaddle.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any number of podcast apps. If you'd like to support Hootenwaddle and get access to an exclusive member-only podcast, receive discounts on merch, and more, Go to patreon.com forward slash hootenwaddle.